For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding. Joining me today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner at Strategic Cyber Partners. This episode is sponsored by BreachLock, a simple and scalable penetration testing service. To learn more, visit breachlock.com. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Paul. 99% of all U.S. businesses are small businesses, and research from BreachLock found that over 87% of all critical and high penetration tests findings are found in organizations with under 200 employees. Furthermore, the majority of SMBs only conduct penetration testing exercises for compliance and contractual reasons. Heather, I just threw a lot of stats at you. Maybe you could break that down a bit more. It's both enlightening and concerning, and quite frankly, we're talking about SMBs here, so should they take penetration testing more seriously? Sure. So this is an interesting statistic. And one thing that we have to remember is we have a shortage of cybersecurity talent. Our own research at Cybersecurity Ventures has found that. So those smaller to medium-sized businesses have a lot of resource constraints on them. And the things that we recommend in terms of vulnerability management and user training and access control and boundary control, all of those things, if they're not being done, that can create vulnerabilities that accounts for some of those critical and high penetration test findings that are found in these smaller organizations. So yes, for every small to medium-sized business, pen testing should be something that's on their radar. But we always recommend that we want to close some of those vulnerabilities before we get into a pen test. You don't want to make it too easy for the tester. But yeah, it should be a part of any company's strategy. The question is, when is it appropriate to do it and when are they going to get the most value from it? Well, one of the concerns that we've discussed before we actually hit record and at other points when we've met up is the fact that depending on the sector that a company is in, they might be required to do a penetration test to meet a regulatory requirement, but they might not go steps further than that. They might not do a more rigorous test or have other things in place. So I'm curious if you could give maybe a more holistic scope. If there is a company that, depending on the business they're in, is required to do a pen test, should they go steps further? Is there other things they can do outside of penetration testing? I'm just curious how you see that? Ideally, if you're going to do a penetration test, you're paying money for it. So even if compliance is the primary driver, we always want to look at what we hope to get out of it. So there should be some objectives that we set in terms of what we hope to see. What are the things that we want to discover? Do we want to test our physical security? Do we want to test, you know, and see what our environment looks to an outsider? And setting those objectives in terms of your long-term strategy for cybersecurity, will really help you get something out of that pen test, even if the primary driver is that you're doing it for compliance reasons. Around 40% of ethical hackers recently surveyed by the SANS Institute say they can break into most environments they test, if not all, and nearly 60% said they need five hours or less to break into corporate environments once they've identified a weakness. Heather, this is absolutely, well, first off, it's scary, but it's also staggering that that is how efficient some of these ethical hackers are. I mean, it means they're good at their jobs, I suppose, but does it also mean security is a bit too weak? Well, it does mean that. And the other thing to remember is you're talking about ethical hackers. And so those are the people that are testing using methods that are reasonable. We've also got to contend in the marketplace with unethical hackers who are not sanctioned and not conducting pen tests. So if you want to talk about a scary statistic in terms of being efficient, we can probably be even more efficient than that if we're being unethical in our motives. So something to think about there. But yes, we have so many layers to our cybersecurity and to our networks. We have to remember that pen 
penetration testing and information security is not just technology. It's part of a system and that system includes people and it includes processes. So if any one of those is weak, then that creates an opening for an ethical hacker or an unethical hacker to break into a system relatively easily. You know, as an example, I may have an auditing tool or a SIM and the SIM might be functioning very effectively and it's doing what it's supposed to do. The technology is working well. But if I don't have a process for my IT staff to review alerts when they come up, then that's going to be a failure. So an attacker could be going to town on my system. And if my people aren't following the process to review those alerts when they come in, in a timely way, I might miss that. And that again, creates an opening. And that's an example of where the people process and technology all really have to work hand in hand. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Samad Sagal is a founder and CEO at BreachLock, the global leader in pen testing as a service. Pen testing is something that's very system focused. You have to look at your organization as an ecosystem where you've got people, process, and technology, and then look at it from a hacker's perspective. To learn more about our sponsor, BreachLock, visit breachlock.com. And now back to the podcast. Heather, I do want to zoom out for a minute because you brought up good points about something surrounding these security vulnerabilities and these security issues within companies. Are there other things companies should be doing maybe in addition to penetration testing that you think is good advice, especially for these SMBs that we've been talking about? Yeah, well, the first thing that we always talk to our clients about is you have to understand the data that you have. And so, you know, a retail environment isn't going to have the same type of data or protective measures that maybe a government organization is going to have or a business that handles human resources, maybe outsource. So we want to look at the type of data. How does that data contribute to the success or failure of our business? And then looking at that, we determine what's appropriate. So it's really easy to just get into this mindset of we throw as many security tools and as many different layers of security onto an environment that we can. But most small, medium businesses don't have the funds for that. They don't have the resources in terms of personnel or financially. And so we want to look at the data. We want to evaluate the risk to that data and really try to understand how our infrastructure supports the business operations. And so then once we do that, we can start to figure out where do we need to put more resources? Do we need to really have tight configurations where everything is really locked down? Do we need to put more money into user training? Do we need to put some money into a SIM tool. So there's a lot of different things that obviously a company could do. So the key really is figuring out what is going to have the most value and the best return on the investment. Heather, before we go, there is one last thing I want to touch upon, which is going back more precisely talking about penetration testing, because Cybersecurity Ventures does track this. And we predict the global penetration testing product and service market will exceed $5 billion annually by 2031. Is it surprising that this sector is still growing? And maybe what do you see for the future? One of the things that we're starting to see is really supply chain management. So companies are starting to recognize the risk that comes from their supply chains. And I think we'll continue to see this market grow as regulatory compliance grows. When we talk about penetration testing, as we said, there's a lot of different reasons to do that. But really, I think as software gets more complex, we have more capabilities with AI. It becomes something that gets a little bit easier to do, maybe. So no, I don't think it's surprising at all that this 
cannabis market is still growing. And I think we'll continue to see that just as regulatory compliance becomes more of a driver. And frankly, as companies get better with their security, one of the best things to do to test that security and make sure that it's functioning as intended is to conduct a penetration test. Heather, I really appreciate you joining me today and sharing your thoughts. Thanks for having me, Paul. For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding. This episode is sponsored by BreachLock, a simple and scalable penetration testing service. To learn more, visit BreachLock.com. To follow all of our media, go to cybercrimemagazine.com.